Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how you doing? I'm good. I'm trying to stay cool by drinking as much water as I can. Uh, I'm not a big water drinker, but I have got an empty bottle of uh, Cheetah uh, single grain Japanese whiskey uh, that right. I've emptied out and I'm using it as a... <laughs> As a delicious water bottle, though it does make me look a little bit like an alcoholic. <laughs> Get yourself some Bakari sweat. I need to ship you over a bottle of oh, Bakari yes. sweat to keep you hydrated. You can buy you it. Get the powder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Around the corner from me, there's a little Japanese supermarket, and you can buy Bakari sweat in powder form or can. Wonderful. Get yourself some Bakari sweat. That'll be better than drinking water out of a whiskey bottle. Brilliant. <laughs> I, uh, I've just driven back from Yamagata Prefecture. It's been a long three-hour drive back from seeing Natsuki. You might recall a week or two ago, we talked about doing a Treasure Island-style video. But unfortunately, yes. as you'll know, Pete, uh, because you came over, I think, last year and endured it, Japan has a rather treacherous rainy season, and the idea of going to a secluded remote island during rainy season wasn't a great idea. The boat got cancelled. The trip had to be postponed. It oh, was a disaster. No. A mitigated oh, I'm sorry disaster. sorry to hear that. I was gutted. I spent yeah. spent like unfathomable sums of money on an outfit for Natsuki um, with like a pirate sword and a hat. Um, you can see it on Twitter or Facebook. I took a photo um, on the port, the very port we were supposed to leave from. I snapped a photo of him wearing his gear. He looks rather snazzy, um, but hopefully when we'll go you again. Say, when you say unfathomable, do you mean 100 yen from the 100 yen shop? <laughs> you know me too That's well. That's usually how it goes. Yep. You know me too well. To be fair... I think it was more like a hundred dollars, about itchy my end. This bloody time. hell! So, yeah, went the full mile. Natsuki got what he wanted. He's got like a pocket circumference, not a circumference. What's it called? <laughs> I can't talk. What's the thing the um, that shows you the direction north? Compass. Compass. Why am I calling it a circumference? <laughs> I do not know. I just do not know, Chris. I've drunk enough water. I haven't had enough Picari sweat today. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's also got like an eye patch, a swanky leather hat. It's great. We we we. There was no expense spared. Oh, you look well, great. Above and beyond hundred dollars. But uh, yeah, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. Mm. Hopefully in August or September when boats are a thing and the rain has stopped. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. We did. Uh, we were able to re- exploit Natsuki for a live show. I don't know if you caught it. We did a spontaneous live show on Saturday uh, on the second channel, a broad perspective. And Natsuki cracked out his guitar and took song requests from the 5,000 people that watched it live. And that was a lot of Beautiful. fun as well. Um, so, yeah, songs, it was good uh, to catch up with Natsuki. What songs did he uh, bash out? Because obviously, if they're too accurate, uh, and I know Natsuki is an incredible <laughs> performer slash singer, um, presumably, if they're too accurate, you might get struck off for uh, using copyrighted music. <laughs> Copyright infringement. I think yeah. he did, he did like 10 second excerpt, like experts of um, songs. He did uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Kicked nice. off the show to Nirvana, um, did a bit of the Clash in there. Led Zeppelin. It was pretty cool, actually. It was it was one of the Lovely. most fun live shows I've ever done. Um, Natsuki's always hilarious. You never know what he's going to say or do next. And with a guitar, it was great. I just sat there drinking some Strong Zero, watching him bash out a song or two. Brilliant. And I saw I, him uh, drink some sake at one point. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I evilly mm. supplied him with one cup sake, um, which is far oh, from good. No. The worst. Have you had it? Have you drunk that stuff? 
It was it was the first drink I had in Japan the first time I went. Um and everyone laughed at me because it is disgusting. I don't know, there's something it seems kind of cool at first, doesn't it? Plucking a, a, a cup of sake off the shelf and pulling off the ring top, <laughs> the top mm. of the bottle and downing it. But unfortunately, it just tastes awful. It smells awful. Like I gave him the one cup sake. I had my pineapple flavored Strong Zero. Lovely drink. I mm. recommend it. I gave him the, awesome, the one cup sake. He ripped off the top and I could smell that horrible kind of bitter, oh. unpleasant sake. And, uh, it's cooking sake, too. isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's not good, yeah. I uh, <laughs> can't recommend it, but you've got to try it once. It's got to be done. Um, yeah. This week, we got a message from a guy called Dan from New Jersey, and the message read, Hi, Chris and Pete. Dan from New Jersey here. I've been tuning into the Born Japan podcast religiously over the last two years, and it's helped me keep my sanity intact during many a work shift. Whenever I hear the intro song and Chris's claim of being uh, the podcast being probably the best way to learn about life in Japan without actually being in Japan, I know the day's about to get a whole lot better. During those introductions, we hear about Pete's credentials as a self-confessed Japanophile who loves the country and culture. But I feel the time has come to test him once and for all. Quiz him in an upcoming episode and let's see if he lives up to his impressive mantle uh, and his testament to being a Japanophile. Good luck, Dan from New Jersey. What do you think, Pete? Do you have the credentials? Well, probably not. But has Dan, has Dan from New Jersey provided the uh, questions uh, himself, or no. have you done them? I've no, done he them. hasn't. Oh, so he's basically just made you do a load of work. So he's made. Who is the winner here? <laughs> I think it might be Dan from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a mug now. But I took I took Dan's call to action. I did create a quiz of twenty one questions about Japan, the culture, uh, the language. Various aspects, geography, general knowledge, mm. and I'm going to test you, Pete, and we're going to see oh, no. how much of a self-confessed Japanophile you really are. Are you as good as we've been made to believe over the last two years? And to the audience listening at home, to you guys, why not follow along? We'll be doing each question and answering one by one. Uh, there's 21 questions. At the end of the quiz, let's see how many you get right out of 21, and uh, let us know on Twitter. Let's see if you can beat Pete's score, whatever it will be. Are you ready, though, so Pete? Stressful. Are you ready? Uh, well, about as ready as I'll ever be. Um, Excellent. I'm I'm topless in a hot kitchen. Oh god! Uh, I can't have my I can't have my fan on because uh, because obviously it would affect the recording. So I'm very upset. Um, so I'm I'm hoping I'll get through it anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'm taking one for the team as well because the aircon. Yeah, I mean, my room doesn't have an oh. aircon. The, the room over has an aircon, but the aircon air doesn't get in here because the door doesn't open the full way. So it's almost as bad as what you just said. So We're I both feel on the same board. Even though I've definitely still got some aircon. Right here we go then. So keep an eye on your score at home, ladies and gentlemen, and let us know on Twitter or the fax machine how you did if you can beat Pete. All right, quiz question number one, Pete. Japan is an island nation, but how many islands does it have in total? A, four islands. B, 487 islands. Or C, 6,852 islands. I know for a fact that it's got a lot of islands, and I think it might be in the thousands. So I'm going to go for C, 6,000 and whatever it was, islands. 6,852. You are absolutely correct. Well done. Yes. It is 6,852 islands, 430 of which are inhabited. Um, of course, most famously, Japan has a four islands, Shikoku, Honshu, Kyushu, and uh, <laughs> Hokkaido. Um, but there are lots of smaller islands, and uh, yeah, 6,152. Impressive. Well done. Off to a good start. Uh, number two, when receiving a wrapped gift in Japan, what act is not considered to be rude? A, opening the gift before the person who gifted it to you. B, not reciprocating the gesture with a follow-up gift. Or C, tearing the wrapping on the gift. Oh. Uh, what well, I just not considered to be rude. Um, not rude. Not rude. Or A, opening the, the gift g- I think, before the person. Yeah, th- yeah. Opening the gift before the person who gifted it to you. B, not reciprocating the gesture with a follow-up gift. Or C, tearing the wrapping on the gift. I think tearing the wrapping on the gift might be a bit rude. Not reciprocating the gesture with a follow-up gift, also a bit rude. I think you're allowed to open the gift um, in front of the person who gave it so to you. So you can say A. Yeah, A. Uh, that's the wrong answer. Oh, the answer what? was B. <laughs> 
you're it's a little bit rude if someone gives you a present if you start opening yeah. it in front of them it's a little bit awkward and rude um and c right. is also rude tearing the preciously wrapped gift before the person who's gifted to you is a little bit rude uh whereas b is not rude so if you give me if a japanese friend gives you a present it's all right you don't have to give them a present in return that's not rude <sighs> there you go um off to a good start second one not so good 50-50. number three how tall is the beloved Mount Fuji? A, 2,876 oh, metres. B, 3,760. 3, crikey. 3,776 metres or C, 4,276 metres. I'm going to give the people at home a little time to uh, figure out what it is. You're going to go on Wikipedia, aren't you? Yes, <laughs> I might ask Siri. No Wikipedia. Um, I reckon it is a diminutive 2,876 metres. 2,876 metres is wrong. The answer oh, was B, 3,776 ah. metres, the tallest mountain in Japan by a margin of several hundred metres. Uh, mm. Okay, number four. Geisha are renowned and revered in and outside Japan, but what does the word geisha actually mean? A, Woman of the night, B, person of the arts, or C, honourable entertainer? It's got to be honourable entertainer. Women of the night seems a little too on the nose. Uh, Person of the arts doesn't really make any sense. Honourable entertainer, I'm going to go with that. (laughs) You're saying C. The answer is B, person of the arts. Oh, what? Oh, for (laughs) crying out. It's just endlessly. I've just, I started so well. I've fallen to pieces. You started. You got one right, and then the next three wrong. Um, yeah, the kanji means uh, art and person, person of the arts, um, and not woman of the night. Well done. If there wasn't that one, that would be a little bit shady. Um, number five. What is the Japan? You might be able to do this one. We know you love monkeys. What is the Japanese macaque's claim to fame? A. It's the fastest monkey on earth. B. It's the only monkey known to bathe in hot springs. Or C. It's the northernmost primate on earth. I reckon it's got to be the northernmost primate on Earth because you could put any monkey in a hot spring and it would probably have a lovely time. So, yeah, it's the northernmost primate on Earth. Absolutely correct. Well done. See, yes, it is the most northernmost primate on Earth. Brilliant. Well done. You're back in the game, Pete. You're back in the game. Yes. Things lovely. Are on the way up. Nice one. Number mm. six. What do you say to a chef in a Japanese restaurant after finishing your meal? A. Gochisou-sama, B, itadakimasu, or C, arigatou gozaimasu. So you've just finished your meal. Which of those three phrases would you say? More, please. I'd say more, please. Um, um, itadakimasu is before the meal. I know that. Well, I mean, arigatou gozaimasu, you could say that to the chef, couldn't you? Thank you very much. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go for that. Gochisou-sama, isn't that like um, whatever the whatever they recommend? Or am I being stupid? I can't tell you until you've given me the answer. I'm going to say for, I'm going to go for thank you. Arigato gozaimasu. Uh, that is the wrong answer. The answer was A, gotcha sauce summer. <sighs> Flipping oh, it. What, so you don't say thank you? Unbelievable. No. So rude. It's, a, it's actually a little bit weird to say arigato gozaimasu. You would say gotcha sauce summer or gotcha sauce summer deshita, which literally means it was a feast. I remember when I was dating uh. a Japanese girl, we went out for a dinner once and at the end of it, I said to the chef, like I said to the chef, "Arigato gozaimasu," and she sort of said, "Ha ha ha, that's strange to say that," and made fun of me. And that has always stayed with me, um, and I've learnt from my error there and then. But no, "gochisou sama" literally means it was a feast, and that is the last thing you kind of say to the chef or the yeah. staff at a restaurant as you walk out the door. So remember that one. Um, and "itadakimasu," obviously, that's uh, as you got correctly. You say that before you uh, kind of start your meal, thanking. Yeah. Um, the living things that created the food before you. Um, unlucky, Pete. Unlucky. Number seven. Yeah. Which European country was the first to have contact with Japan? A, Holland, B, England, or C, Portugal? Very easy, this one. I'm going to give the people at home two seconds to decide, but it was, of course, Holland or the Netherlands, <laughs> depending on what which part of the country the people came from. No, it was wrong. You're wrong. What? Which- <laughs> Far, what? Oh no! Portuguese. I loved the level of conviction in your voice there. Oh, there was almost uh, a degree of arrogance there, an undertone of arrogance, an undercurrent 
of overconfidence. The answer is Portugal. Uh, was it right? Okay. Two Portuguese traders in 1543 rocked up to Japan, and they were the first known European travellers to have had contact. Um, although, of course, Holland did have pretty strong relations with Japan in the years after that. Um, unlucky. Why were you so convinced it was Holland? Um, didn't they do a lot of trading back in the day? Their cheese. Well, yeah, they were. They, yeah. they used to sneak cheese in with their big trousers. <laughs> I don't know about that. Sneak cheese in in their trousers. Sneak and cheese in, yeah. I think that was the case. Sneak's <laughs> version of history. I like that. Mm. That's quite an elegant Inaccurate. story. Oh, well. Let's see if you can get the next one right. I'm sure you can get the next one right, Pete. This is a question that is so you. Number eight, what is the number one beer in Japan? A, Sapporo, Black Label. B, Asahi, Super Dry. C, Kirin, Ichiban. And I mispronounced Kirin. It's Kirin, Ichiban, which is the most um, popular beer in Japan. The one you see, well, the one I've seen more than any other, mm. it's got to be Asahi Super Dry. It's right. got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. Are going to say B? I'm going to say B, Asahi Super Dry. Correct. It is Asahi Yay. Super Dry. It's the most popular drink in Japan, or most popular beer in Japan, rather. Um, most places stock that, and most people get that when they order Namabiru, a glass of beer, when they walk into an inn. Um, my personal favourite, of course, is Sapporo. Um, it just has a nicer flavour. It has a more richer flavour. I found that Asahi Super Dry just tastes like tonic water, like flavor, tonic water with a bit of flavouring put in. I don't know. Kirin's okay, somewhere in the middle. What's your favourite? Yeah. Um, I okay. don't mind a bit of Asahi Super Dry, to be fair. It's nice and uh, refreshing. I like my lagers, see? I like, I like light beers. All uh, right. It's all right. Gets the job done. It's nice. It's a nice starter. Um, question number nine. One of Japan's biggest annual events is Obom, typically held in August. But what does it commemorate? A, the end of the academic year and the start of a new one. B, uh, it commemorates one's ancestors. Or C, Japan's bountiful nature, given it's summer and things are growing. Japan's biggest, One of Japan's biggest annual events, Obom. And I'd recommend avoiding uh, travelling during August, during Orbom, because everything's so damn busy. A bit like Golden Week. Uh, but which right. of the three was it, Pete? I mean, it's August, end of academic year, something new. Orbom. I'm going to go for the end of the academic year and the start of a new one, um, even though B seems very complicated as an answer and makes me think that that might be correct. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is B. It celebrates ah. one's ancestors uh, who are believed to return to the spirit world during Orbom and uh, visit their relatives. A was a bit of a trick one because the end of the academic right. year in Japan is actually in March and it kicks off in April, unlike oh. the rest of the world. Although they're trying to, they're looking at uh, changing that because it makes uh, it makes doing kind of intercultural things, international exchange programs, a little bit difficult apparently. But difficult, uh, they're yeah. postponing changing that for another few years oh, and it's not japan's battle nature uh, but yeah it's quite cool obom people celebrate their ancestors they're supposed to re- return to the spirit world um but yeah don't travel during obom for the love of god do it at your peril is it like uh, is it as busy as golden week it is at least as busy as golden week yeah right. um i really strongly avoid it um and also it's bloody hot in august as beautiful as japan is on the drive here i was just in awe of the scenery the luscious green rice fields but then i got out of the car and i nearly melted and i dived straight back in to the sanctuary of air conditioning so yeah yeah avoid august in your peril um number 10 uh which country has the largest japanese community outside of japan uh is it A, the US, B, Canada, or C, Brazil? I know this one, guys. I know that. No, actually, hmm. I know just this like one. one. Yeah, just like all the other ones I got wrong. Uh, I'm going to go for C, Brazil. That is absolutely correct. Well done. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't know this. Yeah. Why do you mm. know that? Or how do you know that? Um, I think Peru, Brazil, there's kind of, um, they're, they're, there's a big. Uh, diaspora of, mm. uh, of Japanese people. I can't remember why that's the case. Um, I know there was a Jap- there was a man of Japanese descent who became the Peruvian prime minister uh, back in the day. I, I don't think he covered himself in glory, I must admit. But um, yeah, that, that well, kind of uh, part of the world. Follow them. Well, the main reason was uh, in the 1800s, there was uh, the end of the feudalism, feudalistic society in Japan, right? Created a lot of poverty and uh, at the same time, there's the end of slavery going on in Brazil. Um, and 
Brazil had a lot of coffee plantations. And they they turned to European immigrants to come to the plantations and help. And given the poverty going on in Japan at the time, uh, about 164,000 Japanese came to Brazil uh, between 1917 and 1940. Kicked off in the 1800s and kind of peaked around 1940, with 75% of the Japanese folks going to Sao Paulo. But there's still quite a big population there today, about 1.5 million uh, Japanese folks or descendants of Japanese people living in Brazil compared to 1.3 million in the US. But yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And mm, I didn't know that. Amazing. Until I befriended a Japanese Brazilian chap in Yamagata. But well done. You're back in the game, Pete. You're now, you're now doing what? Well, we've, we've answered 10 Have questions. You even been you've, keep... <laughs> you've got, got about four. three right. Right, four. four. Fair dues. hope that makes you feel better. <laughs> right, so. Number 11. Yeah. With a revenue... Of $272 billion in 2019, what is Japan's largest company? A, 7&I Holdings, the company that owns 7-Eleven. B, Sony Corporation. Or C, Toyota, biggest company in Japan by oh. revenue. I reckon it... I reckon it might be... There are a lot of 7-Elevens around. There are. Um uh, but do they? They probably won't own the Seven Elevens in other parts of the world. So, oh, sod it! I'm going to go for Seven Eleven, Seven and One, Seven and I Holdings Retail. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> the answer is Toyota. <laughs> ah, for crying out loud! <laughs> Only because their products are more expensive. Yes, yeah, very true. Uh, seven. I mean, seven. That was a good guess. To be fair, I probably would have guessed Seven and I Holdings. So I didn't already yeah. know how damn big Toyota is. But no, Toyota. Is the biggest company in Japan by revenue, 272 billion, seven and I holdings, only 61 billion, and Sony 76. Um, but yeah, I mean, Japan rules the world when it comes to automobiles, and Toyota is the biggest in Japan by far. Oh dear. Number 12, but a good guess nonetheless. A good guess. I'd have got. I feel that was a bit of an unfair question. We're deviating a little bit from Japanese culture there. This one's an interesting one. I don't know if you're going to get it. I certainly wouldn't. Probably if I hadn't lived here. Number 12, which physical action is used to show that you are indicating yourself in Japan, like a gesture pointing to yourself? Oh, right. Is it A, yeah. you point to your nose with your index finger? B, you point to your chest with your thumb? Or C, you place your hand flat on your heart? Which Ooh. one would you show? Which one would you, Which gesture would you do to indicate yourself? I would probably go for the very polite place your hand flat on your heart. What do you reckon? What do I reckon? Well, I know the answer. What do we do in the West? What do we do in the West? Um, I mean, I guess kind of thumb, thumb, thumb to the chest. But yeah, it's a bit of a thumb, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I do a little bit of hand flat on the heart. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably go for that. That's quite universal. It's universal, but unfortunately, it's also wrong. It's A. Ah, oh, for crying out loud. Nose. Point with your index finger to your nose, to which your nose. looks a bit weird to me. I've never been that able to wrap my head weird. around that one. It just looks a bit childish and odd to... Coming from the West, it just looks a bit odd because people kind of... I don't know. If you do it in a mirror, it just looks a bit odd, but well, it's what they do here. If you want to indicate yourself in Japan, you kind of point at your nose with your index finger. I thought, I thought they'd be like... You'd basically saying, look at my nose. Not look talking about nose. yourself, talking about, you know, look at my nose, everyone. Jeez. Look at my nose. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, number 13, uh, last week or the week before, we talked about a chap um, who invited one of our listeners into his garage to listen, to to join into a, a spontaneous karaoke session. Oh, yeah. And this question, garage karaoke. It was great, wasn't it? Garage karaoke. And this question is about the first karaoke machine. Uh, what year was the first karaoke machine introduced by inventor Daisuke Inoue? Was it A? 1967, B, 1971, or C, 1979? When was the first karaoke machine introduced? What do you reckon? I'm going to go for... Because oh, you kind of need the... Uh, would you have the, sc- the, the the letters up on the screen? I don't know. I I'm going to go for so. 1971. I'm going to go for 1971. Yes. Well done, Pete. Yeah, very arbitrary. Bit of a yep. stab in the dark, uh, that one. Dice Daisuke Inouye wanted to come up with a way that uh, businessmen who were sitting alone in a bar could have a backing track while they were singing, apparently. So they invented the karaoke <laughs> machine. Yeah, it's quite a nice so they idea. didn't have a backing track beforehand. They just sang, sang at the bar. just sang wildly nice. alone in a bar, yeah. And then it kicked right, off nice. 1971 and took off from there, kind of boomed straight after that. Um, good one, well done. Number 14, what is a yatai? 
Yatai, Japanese word, yatai. Is it A, an Okinawan pork dish, B, a straw hat worn by farmers, or C, a street stall or stand? What is a yatai? A yatai, Chris, is a street stall or stand. Hey, you're back hey. in the game. Well done. Back Absolutely. in it. And there's a good one in <laughs> Fukuoka, really famous one by the river in Fukuoka. And mm. a lot of good towns in Japan have a yatai mura. Uh, including the town where I, I've just driven from, actually. Sakata has a small yatai mura. Mura means like village. So yatai mura means a kind of village of stalls. And they're pretty popular because the stalls are quite small. Uh, you can fit like five or six people in. It's a great place to meet people. Have you been to one yourself, Pete? You actually I have, yeah. I've been to one in uh, Fukuoka. Very, very steamy uh, behind old is, plastic sheets. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. It's nice on a summer's evening to sit there, have a drink, have some food in the open air. Beautiful. Uh, number 15, Japan is renowned for its incredible food. Which city is nicknamed the Kitchen of Japan? Is it A, Nagoya, B, Fukuoka, or C, Osaka? The Kitchen of Japan. Which uh, one is it? Fukuoka does have some excellent variations on the ramen and the dishes, so I'm going to go for Fukuoka because obviously that's where all the fish would come in, I guess. I don't know. Where all the fish, <laughs> all the fish would come in. Uh, it's yeah. a good answer, but unfortunately, the answer was C. Osaka, the very uh. city we travelled in and dined in together. It's known as the Kitchen of Japan for its uh, various dishes: okonomiyaki, takoyaki. What else do they have there? I can't think. What else they have? I mean, those They're are the big the two. two. Lot of crabs. Lot not crabs. Uh, kushikatsu as well. Um, kind of sticks of food that are boiled. Um, or deep fried, right? You get some chicken on a stick and then deep fry it. That's a popular one. But uh, I think Osaka, one of the best places to try Japanese cuisine. And uh, we certainly had a good run, didn't we, when we were in Osaka together? We, we had a bloody good go. We had a bloody, bloody good, good go. go. Um, number 16, an estimated how many vending machines are in Japan? A, 900,000. B, 5 million vending machines. Or C, 25 million. How many vending machines are in Japan? There's a lot. Yeah, there is. All three um, of those are big numbers. Yeah, 25 million seems a little excessive. So I'm going to go for, uh, I'm going to hedge my bets, take it nice and easy with a 5 million, if that's all right. 5 million, correct. The answer is 5 yes. million. Well done, B. Um, yeah, there's 5 million in Japan. Only 4.6 million in the US, despite having three times the population being a lot larger. Um, so yes, Japan does have a heck of a lot of vending machines and you can... It's a testament that when you walk down the street, it's not uncommon to see three vending machines piled next to one another um, where you can take your choice of drinks. And it's a culture I believe we need in the U- in the UK. Would you agree with that? Um, I'd, probably, I'd probably find myself eating way too much um, corn soup, which you'd probably do, do terrible things to my insides because that's basically what I do when I see a, a vending machine in Japan. So, yeah, I'd love it. You had that in, is that the one you had in Sapporo as well? I think I might be clam chowder. Clam chowder. Oh, God. You are a very disgusting. daring man when it comes to the soup in vending machines. I just stick to the Vicari sweat. Um, <laughs> well done, though. Uh, 17, which is Japan's biggest... Sorry, which is Japan's most busiest train station? Busiest train station in Japan. A, Tokyo Station. B, Shibuya Station. Or C, Shinjuku Station. Busiest station in Japan. We know this one. If you've listened to the podcast before... It's Shinjuku Station. Correct. Well done. See Shinjuku Station. 3.5 million people pass through Shinjuku Station every single day. That is Bloody mental, hell. isn't it? Can't That's believe crazy. it. And I cannot stand, just cannot do Shinjuku Using Station. It. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? I, it's yeah, the station it I get lost in the most, actually. After all these years, I still don't really know my way around it. Um, and you will get lost too. When you come to Japan, Tokyo Station is equally as bad as is Shibuya, to be fair. And I think seven, I think we said in a previous episode that seven of the world's busiest train stations are all in Japan, uh, four or five of which are in Tokyo. Ikebukuro, I think, is also one of the busiest stations. But well done, Pete. They'd probably, uh, number they'd 18. Probably be, they'd probably be a little less busier if they didn't have like shopping centers built into them. It's just a little bit more confusing just having lots of shopping options everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, like Shinjuku is multi layered. Uh, I yeah, remember trying to get a train and ended up walking through a shopping mall and just getting lost amongst a never-ending sea of souvenirs and things and toys. It's awful. Um, be careful. Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, mm. if you're in Shinjuku Station. Number 18. 
Tokyo is Japan's largest city by population, but which is the second largest? Is it A, Yokohama, B, Osaka, or C, Kyoto? Second largest city by population. Well, Osaka seems like the popular thing to say, but... That's it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? Why don't I just go for the popular one? Why am I second-guessing Chris with his little, his muggy little quiz? I'm going to go for Osaka. <laughs> muggy little quiz. Well, you've just muggy failed little the muggy quiz. little quiz. The answer yeah. was A, it was Yokohama. Yokohama. Oh, ah, bums. Yokohama. Well, it's not far away, is it, from Tokyo? <laughs> it's Well, it's pretty much built into Tokyo. To be fair, yeah. I think it's a bit of a tricky question because... Tokyo, it's, there's two parts to it, really. Tokyo is its own city with a population of about 8 or 9 million. But if you include Tokyo's metropolitan area, which encompasses Yokohama, there's a population there of 36 million. Um, right. So it's a little bit of a cheeky question. But I guess the trick would be, what is Tokyo's second largest metropolitan area? In which case, then it would be Osaka or it would be um, Kansai. Unfortunately, Jeez. getting it wrong. Getting it wrong again, Pete. Number 19. Right. Let's see if you can get this one. Let's see if you can redeem Nearly yourself. Which <laughs> Japanese number is considered to be bad luck? Is it A, three, known as uh, San in Japanese? B, number four, Shi in Japanese? Or C, eight, Hachi in Japanese? Which is considered oh, to be bad luck? I think it's B, four, Shi, because I think sometimes... Uh, yeah, Shi, because they sometimes call it is it Yon? I can't remember now. I'm just so far away from knowing any Japanese. Anymore. Well, no, you're absolutely right. Though. It is Yon. Um, you're correct. It is she. Yeah. But not for that reason. It's because she sounds like death. Sounds like the Shine. word for death. Shinu. Yeah, Shinu. Yeah. Um, that association with death gives it just bad luck, basically. It makes it bad luck. And tall buildings don't have a fourth floor often. If you go into a high-rise building or a hotel... Often the fourth floor is just missing, which can be quite confusing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> there you go. Well done. Back yeah. in the game. Thank you. Why, thank you. Number 20. Very near the end now. What is the top operational speed of the Shinkansen, a.k.a. the bullet train? Is it A, 260 kilometres per hour, 161 miles per hour? B, 320 kilometres per hour or 198 miles per hour? Or C, 400 kilometres per hour, 248 miles per hour? A, B, or C, fastest uh, top operational speed of the Shinkansen. I think the four. I think four hundred kilometers per second may be the maglev in China. So I'm going to go for B, three hundred twenty kilometers per hour slash one hundred ninety eight miles per hour. Well, hey, well done, good one. Yeah, right. it is B, three hundred twenty kilometers per hour, Come and the back. fastest train you've actually ridden it the last time you were here. It's the Tohoku Shinkansen, the one that goes between Sendai. And Tokyo, there's a stretch on that line between Sendai and Tokyo where it rockets up to 320 kilometers per hour, 198 miles per hour. And he can really Jesus. feel it. Did you feel it when you're on the train, Pete? Did you feel the speed? I was in grad class. I, I didn't care. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I've got my free yeah. socks. Oh, God. I mean, grand class as well is, um, is better noise insulated than other carriages. Better than, yes. the, I think it's like not much noise in there as the train's at full pelt. So, bit deceptive you can't really tell how fast <laughs> you're going but well done nice one and the maglev train uh yeah i'm not entirely sure how fast it goes i've been on the maglev train actually the one between uh shanghai airport and downtown shanghai and that very is short quite, really it's very short have you been I, on it i don't yeah yeah if i don't think it should really count as a train really they sort of go oh, it's the fastest <laughs> train in the world you go well i mean it's the heathrow express basically isn't it it doesn't it, go, it does one thing very well <laughs> You and your vendetta against the Heathrow Express. I love the Heathrow yeah. Express. I love the I, Heathrow Express too. You, I I'm no, I remember vividly. It. You slagged it off in a previous episode. I remember it. Did I? Because oh. I love the Heathrow Express so much that when you spoke ill of the Heathrow Express, it it remained in my mind. I don't remember what you said, well, but I was gutted. I'm, I'm sure I was being very flippant. I don't mean anything <laughs> I say on this podcast. <laughs> very good. And the final question. Let's see if you can redeem yourself. 21, number 21, when meeting someone for the first time or asking for a favour in Japanese, which phrase would you use? A, hajimemashite. B, domo arigatou gozaimasu. Or C, yoroshiku onogaishimasu. Which phrase would you use when meeting someone for the first time or asking for a favour? 
I thought meeting for, for someone for the first time, you could either use Hajimashite or Yoroshikuno Onigashimasu. Um, uh, Yoroshikuno Onigashimasu, because Onigashimasu is kind of like a little bit like, please, isn't it? It is. Yeah, well done. See, correct. Yeah, Yoroshikuno Onigashimasu. I suppose you're right. Hajimashite does mean kind of how do you do? Sort of how do you do? And you say that the first time you meet someone. Uh, yeah. But I suppose I feel a bit oh, guilty please. now. Maybe poorly phrasing the quiz. Uh, <laughs> but it was the second bit that gave it away, right? Yoroshiko onegaishimasu kind of means please have favour upon me. And typically uh, you'll sort right. of say, oh, hajimimashite, kurisu desu, yada, yada, yada. And then you'll end it with, oh, yoroshiko onegaishimasu, kind of have favour upon me. Or if you're asking someone to do something for you that's a little bit of an effort, and you feel a bit guilty, you'd say, oh, you know, oh, you're also going to ask please have favour upon me. Sorry for kind of burdening you with this. Um, but well done. And that is it. The quiz is over. I've got to work out score. your score, Pete. Yeah. I should have done a tally chart. I didn't. I just made a messy couple of notes all over some paper. Please say something and talk while I uh, count yes. your pitiful score. Um, Shouldn't take long. Uh, we're going to be heading towards the fax machine, uh, which is a chance for us to read out some of the emails and messages you've been sending over the past few weeks. Um, we, we're always quite uh, guilty about the fact we can't read them all out because there are just too many of them, quite frankly. Um, we've got this week uh, messages from Eric from Texas, McGill McGib- McGibney, oh no, McGill Gibney and uh, Andy Zoo as well. So uh, look out for that in the second half of the show once Chris <laughs> has done his maths. Right. It's- <laughs> Done my right? maths. That's well done. You're very good at this. I am pleased to announce your score is 11 out of 21. Uh, not really Ooh, that good. How no, do you feel about that? 11 great. out of 21. Not so it's good. It's over half. It's over half. <laughs> is it? And and also your last question was absolute balls. So uh, <laughs> have a bit but of that. regardless, that's still pretty sure. I mean, we have set you up, Pete. For two years almost, and a hundred and something podcasts, we have revered you as a Japan enthusiast, Nihonophile, Nihonophile, revered you. <laughs> and I feel that I feel a sense of guilt now. Was that was it a lie? Was, well, was, was it, it, it am, I, am I qualified? Am I even qualified? Have we found out that my uh, qualifications are worth nothing? Is the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just dehydrated, Pete. Just dehydrated. Yeah, I am pretty dehydrated. It. To be fair, that'll be it. Um, but let us know ladies and gentlemen your score in the quiz did you beat Pete let us know on Twitter Facebook or the fax machine and we can rub it in in the coming weeks hold up what was that boring no flavour that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But... 
if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Jack Mates Happy Hour is back for a brand new season. It's the podcast where we talk to some of the most exciting people in the world, from Ricky Gervais. In some ways, fame makes you a better person. You know, it's like I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God's watching me, but I, I know someone with everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> to undercover police officers. Can you see the fading scar there, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Like, yeah. That's where I was stabbed in the neck by a drug dealer once. Or. We just talk about whatever's making us laugh right now. When you think back to school kids' banter, like, it's well funny because of how immature it is. We had this teacher called Mr. McGibbon, and he had this big cushion that he was teaching us how to rugby tackle on. He just ran up to it, rugby tackled it, but landed on top of it, and one of the kids shouted, It's not your wife, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Listen to Jack Mate's Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Jack Mate's Happy Hour is a Stakano production. And with that, we turn to the fax machine. What do we got this week of the fax machine, Mr. Donaldson? Well, as previewed earlier on, we got an email from Eric from Texas, currently working through uh, all of the podcasts, says uh, Eric. I actually use them, to, uh, use them to motivate me for work. So I look forward to listening to my podcast while I type away endlessly on a keyboard as a programmer. Important work. Um, I recently watched, watched your TEDx talk about vlogging and if it makes a difference. You encourage the audience to take up vlogging, and I was wondering if you still feel the same way as you did back then. Uh, and you, you think that there's still room for more vloggers in Japan, or if it's been played out a little bit due to the novelty of being a foreigner living in Japan, not being as exotic as it was back when you created your channel. Ooh, are you worthy? Are you a thing anymore, Chris? Is it the thing you do important? No, probably not. Um, <laughs> what a question. I I think in my TED Talk, TEDx Talk, I kind of said that, <clears throat> in that TED Talk, I said that there just wasn't many vloggers in Tohoku, which is a shame, right? Because mm. nobody was promoting it or showing yeah. it off. Like everyone's in Tokyo, Nagoya, Fukuoka, Osaka. Mm. And it was just like me. The, the At the time, I think I was the only major channel. The Born Japan channel was the only one with like 100,000 subscribers plus in the area. And I was just sort of saying to people, pick up your camera and start vlogging and start showing off Tohoku. And since then, we've got a few. We've got like uh, my friend Quinlan, Go North Japan. There's Sharla, um, Sharmanda, who's now in Morioka. So Mm. it's a bit better, but I think it's still relevant. I still think there's a lot of stories to tell in Japan. And, you know, there's a lot of room for people like Pete to, you know, drop in and make their own videos and start showing Japan in their own special, (laughs) unique way. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, the internet really needs my uh, thoughts on anything, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, I think oh, I'd rather no. listen to your opinions than Riotero's. And of course, Riotero does have his own channel now. What's it called? I've can't remember the name of it. I think he's forgotten his own channel. I think it's called like Riotero's Japan or Life. I think oh, I that's remember. the thing. Yeah, he does a bit of language, a little bit of uh, travel. It's, it's not a bad watch. <laughs> it's all right. I, I feel like he's given up. Uh, he did like a video Already. every week. And he's just not done one in a month now. So his his YouTube craze is over. Uh, We've lost a shining star. But I think it's still relevant, Eric. And uh, if if any of you guys are listening, you're coming here to teach your work, I think, you know, as long as you find your own unique story and your unique angle on Japan, Mm. I think there's always a story to be told and the chance to vlog. So I don't think it's over just yet. And for me, I've, I've certainly got no shortage of ideas so keep an eye out uh, we've got one from mcgill gibney it says hi chris no pete though uh are no. you <laughs> <laughs> i it does get into pete there in the in the question as you are the preeminent english speaking expert on everything japanese kit kat could you please tell me why japanese students eat kit kats 
for their entrance exams. And when you and Pete sit your Japanese proficiency tests, what snack of choice would be washed down by your strong zeros? Cheers, fellas. McGill Gibney. Uh, do you know why Kit Kats are given to students before their entrance exams, Pete? Do you remember? Um, covered energy or uh, <laughs> energy? I, I don't really Kit know. Kit Kat specifically. Honest. You can't write um, clues on foil. I don't know. It's basically the Kit Kat sounds like kitokatsu, Japanese phrase, literally meaning to surely win or to surely kind of succeed. Ah. Um, and I, you know, that wasn't intentional by Kit Kat. It was just sheer luck that Kit Kat sounds like kitokatsu. Um, so they give it to students as good luck. I think parents and elderly relatives buy some Kit Kats. And if you look at a Japanese Kit Kat on the back, there's a space where you can write on it, like good luck in your test or from auntie Natsuki or <laughs> uncle Takeshi. Auntie I don't Natsuki. know, but you can write on the back of the Kit Kat, give it to the student and that will motivate them. And then they'll surely oh, win the entrance exam. Pretty cool, eh? It's adorable. It is, it's isn't it? adorable. Yeah. Um, as for the second question... Uh, when you and Pete sit your Japanese proficiency test, what snack of choice would be washed down with your strong zero? What would you What would you have, Pete? What would be your snack? Uh, I, I just have something absolutely massive, so I can write all the uh, the the, the uh, answers on it, like a massive dairy milk or a big uh, <laughs> airport Toblerone. Airport Toblerone. Yeah, I would sneak in some strong. Uh, I'd have some jelly, energy jelly, wouldn't it? That's got to be yes. Keep me going. Of course. Art to the T's on jelly. Lovely. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we got one from Andy Zoll. Uh, Andy Zoll. Uh, it says, hey, Chris and Pete, I admire the work that you've both created, and I got really stoked when you announced that two podcasts are coming every week. Hip hop, hooray. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I misread that. It doesn't say hip hop, hooray. It says hip hop, hooray. Say <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I misread that. On a serious yeah. note, I went to Japan once when I was 19. <laughs> Fuck's sake, you're going to have to read it. I got the yeah. giggles. Fuck's hip, sake. hip, hooray. On a serious note, I went to Japan once when I was 19 with my friends and I had a blast. Except I didn't eat sushi at all because of the location uh, that I was. Only had a convenience store sushi, namely the 7-Eleven stuff. And it was the plain old uh, cucumber and carrot rolls. Chris, I hear from your videos that you love sushi, uh, sushi especially the ones with the raw salmon on top or otoro. Uh, my first question is, uh, have you ever experienced a bad stomach after eating the raw salmon sushi or just sushi in general? My qu- uh, second question is, if you're on a budget going to Japan, say $500, what would you do in the first three days to make a memorable trip? Thank you. I hope I get picked. Hey, hey. Uh, love from San Francisco, California. Andy Zoo, best regards. Lovely air from you, Andy. I'm still laughing. I don't even know why. I don't. I don't find hip hop hooray that funny. Um, <laughs> I just think I've just gone mental after a four, three hour, four hour drive. I'm losing my marbles here. Um, it's guy. a good question. You'd think maybe eating raw fish would be bad for your stomach, and actually, I don't. I can't recall a single time where I've had some raw sushi or salmon or uh, anything and felt ill. I don't know why that is. Maybe I've my stomach's strong. Or I just suspect sushi's not too bad for your stomach. Not really an expert on the subject, but what I can say is no, nothing's ever gone wrong. I do get a lot of um, family and friends like sending me photos or articles of people that have had like a parasite in their sushi, mm. which is which is a bit nightmarish to be honest, and that is not something I like thinking about. I, I remember I saw a photo of that once, and I stopped eating sushi for like six months, but it is incredibly rare. They do freeze sushi, so that's not an issue. Um, and I think if that was a regular occurrence, people in Japan just wouldn't do it. People just wouldn't eat it, right? Because people here are yeah. very conscious of their health. So um, that's my insurance policy, just the Japanese mentality. Just, just, just go to nice places, I guess, isn't it? And, and also, you, yeah. I don't think you'd get any bad stomachs eating sushi because, you know, the, the, the actual sashimi, the, the meat is actually quite easy to break down, I would say. Very, very soft. Yeah, yeah. Very soft. Absolutely. Easier than steak. What about, anyway. what about, yeah, absolutely. What about the second question, though? Going to Japan on a budget, five hundred dollars. What would you do on your first three days to make a memorable trip, Pete? What would you do? Open ended that one. Five hundred dollars. I mean, you'd have to stay in like um, in capsule hotels, wouldn't you? I suppose, and uh, no taxis. Get yourself a a sweeper card. Yeah, just just go around the Yamanote line, getting off uh, at every stop, just seeing just just seeing what's going on. Really, I guess. Yeah. Um, Maybe check out uh, Chris's website where uh, he. 
details all of the, the the cheap and free things you can do and, and on uh, around about Tokyo. I'm fairly certain I've seen you do something on that on one of your videos. <laughs> Definitely, might that's, be wrong. That's an excellent time to plug the website abroadinjapan.com. Mm. Get on there, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. Lots of ideas. Um, I think we did a podcast on this about a month ago. What to do, or was it what to do on a big budget? I'm not right. sure. But what what yeah, we will yeah. do, Andy. We'll do a dedicated episode to that one because it's a big topic and a topic that a lot of people are interested in. Budget travel is always a popular one. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, keep the stories, questions coming coming in. Oh, my God. Keep the oh stories, my, questions well, to pieces. <laughs> coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in a couple of days, three or four days now, to do it all over again when I will be hydrated and I won't be mental. Uh, I look forward to seeing you there, guys. Take care. Enjoy the next few days and we'll see you then. Have a good one. production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.